The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer for your car from True Car. That's right, in the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Welcome into the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Felizola here with Sam Monson. It is Friday afternoon. We're going to do a little draft discussion. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you, Steve? Great, my good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just make it sure? Yeah. We start off on the right foot today. People really think we hate each other. They really do. Right. They hate that we also talk about it at the beginning of every show. I know, yeah. And, it, and it's only because we go back and we we recap and things, you know, people think we I hate think each other. I think it's probably also because the intros to the show are kind of awkward. We're getting better. So it's, We're not getting so any it better. Sounds, no, no. They, if anything, they're getting worse. I love a good awkward right. intro. So it's, it kind of sounds like the initial intro thing. It's like, it sounds like we hate each it's other. It's part of our shtick. Plus, we just came like out of the main office. Where we were yelling at each other for, you know, coming in and getting the podcast underway. Yeah. Well, so that doesn't help, you know? We're coming from a position of shouting at each other. We're professionals, so once we get on the air, boom. Right, no one would know. No one would ever know. Big time throws mug. It's just a good I love big time throws. Yeah. You're like hitting all the buttons that, you know, irritate me. Yeah. So we're gonna read some mean tweets later. Yeah. Uh, I know you're excited about that. Mean mean YouTube comments. Mean YouTube comments. So we'll I'll read the mean ones. About you, you'll read the mean ones about me. Right. We'll read to each other. Uh, we'll also hit on all sorts of different draft topics. I've been just writing all sorts of draft takes left and right. You've been watching draft prospects left and right. We just have all sorts of takes. This, by the way, is opening a dangerous door, which will encourage the YouTube commenters to write mean things about us. No, we'll just get themselves on the podcast. Next week, we'll read nice YouTube comments. I don't think that's a good segment. There, there's been more of them lately. Like, there's a reason that the thing is, you know, mean tweets, that the, the bit. No, I like. I don't think it would do quite as well if it was, you know, celebrities reading nice things written about them on Twitter. Yeah, sometimes you 
need that uh, ego boost. Right, but I don't think people need to hear the ego boost. That's okay, what that's I'm saying. fine. You already trawl through the YouTube comments looking for the nice things people say about you. I look for everything. I look for everything. I don't think you need to read it to people. That's, that's all I'm saying. All right. Well, let's get into the show. Okay. All right. Don't tell me what to do. Um, <laughs> so let's discuss some. Let's just. Where, where do we want to go with the draft? Let's start with pro day season. Okay. Pro day season is upon us. That should be quick. We have uh, completion percentage numbers coming in from pro days that we just wow. You know, input right into the database and then set fire to. I mean, if you're not at ninety five plus percent, you're dropping around, right? Is that the cutoff? Uh, so. The probably the thing that best encapsulates pro days as an entity was Gil Brandt's scale for how he grades pro days. In fact, kill some time, Steve, while I go Listen, find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, why don't you pull it up? So it's pro day season. Will Greer had a spectacular pro day this week. I want to read Adam Schefter's recap of Will Greer and how he's a, a big uh, riser based off of what you know he did at pro day yesterday. One NFL scout in Morgantown, West Virginia, just texted that QB Will Greer, quote, put on a show for NFL teams in attendance and predicted that he's, quote, a riser, end quote. The West Virginia quarterback is expected to meet with at least 10 teams before the draft, including the Giants, Redskins, Chargers, Patriots, and Saints. If I could touch on the teams really quickly, okay. I love the idea of Chargers, Patriots, and Saints finding their future quarterback, perhaps in Will Greer. If it's the Giants or Redskins, perhaps they're talking about Giants maybe on the turn in the second round. Looking at a Will Greer, but I like the idea of him being behind Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, or a Drew Brees. But yeah, the fact that Will Greer is going to become a riser because he put on a show at Pro Day, that's absurd. Yeah, and I'd be interested to know where that Pro Day would fit on Gil Brandt's scale. Because here it is. Gil Brandt tweets, when I ask my scouts on the ground... By the way, that in and of itself is something precious. Scouts on the ground. Do you not have scouts on the ground? I don't have any scouts on the ground at Pro Days. I mean, I don't know. We're losing credibility by the day. Not having scouts so, on. When the I ground. ask my scouts on the ground at Pro Days about player workouts, they classify them in the following way Great, very good, good plus, good, average, okay. But then he says, my, my scout at Alabama's Pro Day yesterday added another category. Now, if you looked at that list and you decided, like, where does the extra category need to go? Yeah, what's missing? What would you say? I, I don't. I don't know. They're all the same thing. Exceptional. That's what was missing. Oh, exceptional. exceptional we missing. need another yeah. way of going good. We already had Hold six on, different above, types of good. That's above good plus. It's above great. I it's would above say. great? Right. Great, very good, good plus, good, average, or okay. Oh, so exceptional is the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Josh J. Okay, we'll talk about so Josh So we, had, we already had six, six average to good categories. We needed to add another good on top of that. And there's no way you can be bad at a pro day. There's no bad pro day. Like, according to this scale... If you went out there, you're 40, broke a hip, and had to be shot, okay, so it would be an okay pro day. Unless a scout on the ground adds a new category, which apparently is fair game. Right. So I, I have categories. <laughs> I mean, I just... But we could just make up a new just, one if you need this, to. This scenario where a guy, you know, <laughs> during the course of his three-cone, breaks something, the tent is erected behind him, a guy walks in with a shotgun and has to put him down. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's either okay or average. I'm not sure. Is okay the bottom one? It's, that's it looks bottom. like it's the bottom one, right? Could be average. I'm also imagining the arguments that go on here where between two scouts on the ground. It's like, I don't know. You're out of your mind. That is, that is very good, not good plus. I got him a good plus. You're crazy if you have him a good plus. That's very good. Look, people can easily turn that on us because we grade based off of point fives and plus ones, and we have those arguments. It's the same thing. No, it's not. That's a point five. That's a one. It's oh, not I got it as a minus thing. one. 
It's not the same thing. Good plus. He has six different types of average to good. I love Gil. Gil's one of those guys I think you just you have to respect. I don't respect all of my elders. I think you have to respect <laughs> well, the I, work that he's put in. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, he's, he's had a little fun in the Twitter world I think he's, he's a good Twitter follower as well. Yeah. I just think that this particular tweet is lunacy. He's kind of a colleague over at SiriusXM. This is also Radio. interesting, by the way, that Josh Jacobs was the back that made them add exceptional on top of the six already good categories. We'll talk about that in a minute. Because he ran a 4-6 and everyone was saying he drops because of that. No, but he was exceptional apparently at everything else. Well, yeah. The, the thing with Gil, I think everybody can aspire to, if you just do so much, you just, you're just like... You contribute so much. You've accomplished everything that there's just some point in life where you just have like free reign to tweet whatever you want. And if it's crazy, they're like, oh, that's just Gil. Just Gil being Gil. Good for him. You want to reach the stage where no matter what you put out, it's, it's yeah. endearing. I want the next 20 years of my life. How old am I? Shoot. Um, 25, 30 years of my life to just be so successful that I can tweet crazy stuff when I'm like 75 and everybody's like, ah, oh, it's just Steve. In case you were interested, by the way, some other workout grades from Alabama. Mac Wilson was average, which by that scale is like a disaster. Oh, he's got everybody? Er- oh, yeah. Irv Smith was very good. Uh, Savion? Savion Smith? Savion Smith? Yeah. Average. Jonah Williams, very good. Damian Harris, okay. Which, again, by that That's scale the worst. is like a train wreck. That's the lowest. Right. That's like a minus two PFF. It's a disaster. Yeah. It's not good. You liked Damian Harris coming in. I still like Damian Harris. I'm fascinated I mean, despite by... Despite the okay pro day. What if Josh Jacobs ran in the 4-4s instead of the 4-6s? Would he be like exceptional plus? I, we, we, I mean, the scout would have to make the case on the ground. The scout on the ground? The scout on the ground would have to make the case for the new... This, the eighth good grade. I the eighth it. good category. Much respect for Gil. They're just the godfather of the uh, draft community. So that's a lot of good stuff there. That's, that's our Alabama day... Uh, Pro Day recap. We should discuss Josh Jacobs in particular. People are really upset about the 4640. Non Gilbrandt on the ground scout <laughs> people are upset about it. And because he was going number five overall in some mock drafts, I've seen uh, your friend Matt Miller from Bleach Report has him above Kyler Murray on his draft board. Wow. So he obviously thinks Josh Jacobs is a better player and probably more valuable too. But the fact that he ran 46, is that going to drop him? Because, you know, you have to. that. That speed comes into play once or twice a year. It does. Um, it doesn't... It, Literally once or twice a year. Yeah. It's, it, it's also... It's not like it shows up on tape as a problem. I'd be interested to see what his 10-yard split was because I think his burst is exceptional. Yeah. Exceptional, Steve. That's the very best of the good grades. That's um, a new one. I mean, you have to like... This is why you need the edit tweet. That, that's how good function. it is. It's exceptional. So I think his burst is spectacular even if it doesn't result in anything faster than 4.6 over 40 yards. Um, I, I mean, I really like Jacobs. And I think the other thing is, I think the thing that he's best at is his work as a receiver, which is where you're going to be most valuable in today's NFL. So, again, I don't really care that it's only 4-6. We just got off the radio, Sirius XM, NFL radio, and you had a player comp for Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Player uh, comps aren't always clean. They're not always perfect, but I liked yours. Fred Jackson of the Buffalo Bills. Who's this again? Who's what? I mean, I know who he is. Maybe our listeners don't know. I'm just telling you, for, of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, okay, good. Former running back. I mean, that was the clue, Steve, when I said of the Buffalo Bills. Formerly. Yeah. Um, also used to be for the Rhine Fire, I think, of, the, of NFL Europe. And I think he spent some time one of those many millions of arena football league teams. I'm not even going to attempt to remember which one it was. Was NFL Europe like your thing back in the day? Were you all into it? No. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, he, he had a weird 
um, he had a weird path to the NFL, all these strange places, NFL Europe, uh, the Arena League, etc., to the point where I can't even find a 40 time for him to see if he ran a 4-6 like Josh Jacobs. What was his four square? I Also unknown. Unknown. Four From parts square. unknown and with athletic measurables unknown, Fred Jackson. But I think stylistically they're quite similar. Um, Fred Jackson was a really underrated player for the Bills for years. Was, again, exceptional as a receiver, not just as a ball carrier, which is where Josh Jacobs is at his best. So that's not a bad comparison there. That's Josh Jacobs with an exceptional pro day. Ran a 4-6, fourth-round pick. I can't um, wait to get to my other player comp that you hate. Which one? Isabella. Oh, I, don't, I just don't even – I'm just going to leave the room <laughs> when we get there. Um, <laughs> so part of the issue is that we talk so much, and then I have to hear you say the same thing again on the show. And I know yeah, what you're yeah. going to say. That's the issue. Right. That's the only time tension comes up. Like, oh, I got to hear this shtick again. I got to hear this Andy Isabella metaphor that you just told 20 people and in the even, office they're separately. Even, they're even better when I know they annoy you because then, then it's exciting. And then I get, you know, it's like a buildup. I'm going to make up more mean comments about you before the end of the show. <laughs> Turns out my list of two is now 15. From Johnny in New York. <laughs> Sam's the worst. That's it. All right. So um, I want to get back to QB Pro Days. Because uh, Will Greer put on a show. Dwayne Haskins, we had evaluators who were like, man, I just needed to be there. And I was there and he ticked every box. And Drew Locke reportedly had a good day. Uh, here's the Greer take. His, his PFF grades are fantastic. Uh, we did put out a video this week already on our top five QBs. Tried to do like a little voiceover with some data behind it. And people were asking us, hey, PFF... Will Greer had a higher PFF grade than Dwayne Haskins. What's the deal? And it's a fair question. I think we need to explain a little bit. We really like Will Greer. The overall grade is not necessarily... I hate using the be-all, end-all because that's what people use against us. We're like, oh, PFF's not the be-all, end-all. But context is king. And where the grade comes from is very important. So the fact that Greer did have a higher PFF grade than Dwayne Haskins, we're not just stacking these prospects in order by PFF grade. There's a lot of context that goes into it strength of competition where the grade uh you know which throws the grade came from and everything so we like will greer more than a lot we we're going to like him as a back end of the first round type of player i think that's higher than most he's going to be our number three quarterback on the draft board we still have haskins a little bit higher but there is actually a lot of pff data that still is saying greer over haskins but overall when you roll it all together we have haskins slightly higher yeah so we're never going to show you just one number and say this means this player is better as a college prospect than another guy, right? right? And there's always a layer of context to be added, and there's many layers of context to, that can be added. And it, there are times where you get you get overwhelmed by all the various different pieces of information and not knowing exactly how much to weight each specific part. And even with Baker Mayfield, you know, it was very difficult to find any category where Baker Mayfield was not the number one quarterback in his entire class and that we'd ever seen. But which things do you value the most? Because there are some where Sam Darnold is right up there with him, and then there are some where they're not even in the same vicinity. Right. So when you start losing yourself in that stuff, you're like, well, should Darnold, how close are they? Is Darnold right up there with him, or is he miles away? But it was clear, but Baker was, you know, clean pocket. Baker number one. Right. Pressure, Baker number one. Open throws, tight window, Baker's number one at everything. Where, like you said, Darnold was good in one and lower in another. And it was less clear on a Darnold, but clear on Baker. Yeah. Nothing's so, clear with Greer. Right. And for a lot of these guys. So it's always what bits of context you want to add in and pull into this stuff that starts to 
evolve that grade beyond just a simple raw number of production last year. Um, and Will Greer is a great example of that. Another good example of that, I think, is Dalton Reisner, the offensive tackle from Kansas State, where his grade is exceptional. But how many guys did he actually face that would have been a challenge to that grade? And that that's just the simple next step, right? The grade is fantastic. If we just use this number, he'd be the number one tackle on our board because he had the best grade. But there's layers to that. There's You have to look beyond just that number and say, Who's he going against? That's the first simple answer. The let me, simple ask. Let me explain some of the data that might pull Greer down a notch uh-huh. from his 90-plus grades, right? He makes so many good over-the-shoulder throws, those bucket throws down the field, which is great. I mean, it's a skill. Um, but he has such a high percentage of them. In college, there's such a high percentage of them. So a huge chunk of his grade has come on those throws. He actually has the highest grade on over-the-shoulder throws since 2015 of any quarterback since the 2015 draft class. Did you know that? I didn't. Will Greer, above Baker Mayfield, above all these other guys. When you strip out the over-the-shoulder throws, though... Who was it in 2015? I don't know. You don't know? I just, I just stacked up all the draft classes. You see, I hate that. I hate those things where a guy's like, oh, since the number two mark since X, you're like, well, who's, who's one? Can't just give me No, no, half. Greer was first. He right. was number one. He's, but since 2015? Yes. Because that's, the only, that's as far back as we have the data. We don't have 2014? The 2015 draft class. Oh, okay. Right. No, that, okay. I thought you But meant... actually, I don't even know if we have the accuracy data from Mariota and Winston just yet. Okay. We have the, the year after. Just trust me. That's balance. fine. That's Greer's number thing. one. Um, but when you strip out the over-the-shoulder stuff, it drops him back down, and there's not a huge separation. This is exactly what you were saying, right? There's not a huge separation between, say, even Will Greer and Drew Locke in some other areas. And then you look at how often do over-the-shoulder throws happen. Um, it's about a 10% difference college to the NFL overall. So you have 10% more over-the-shoulder opportunities in college. And here's the kicker for me. Just looking at big-time throws, those plus-one or better throws, the best throws, the highest-graded throws that we give at PFF, 65% of Will Greer's big-time throws came on over-the-shoulder throws, which there's a few guys in the NFL level that have a similar breakdown. Like Eli Manning's up there in that breakdown. Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, I believe, is up there. There's a few guys. They're not, it's not the best list. The, the kicker, though, is the horizontal lead throw. So take your dig route, anything where a deep crosser, 0% of his big-time throws came on those throws. Zero? Zero. Not one. So those are the plays that have the highest percentage at the NFL level. So we're just piecing all this together, the throw type, what you're asked to do in college, what you're asked to do in the NFL, um, and trying not to overthink it, but just trying to contextualize the grade. And that's all it is. So I think that's where Greer's exceptional at this. If he gets a ton of opportunities to throw bucket throws at the NFL level, and he has receivers that can get a step of separation, he'll drop it in there as well as anybody, but he has to get better at some of the more NFL-specific throws, and that's one of the big issues. Okay, but he put on a show at his pro day, Steve, so... Oh! I mean, all of your... your Well, then he's rising. Let's move him up to number two. Right, yeah. Sold. Yeah. Look, it's been a a fun week. We've, We've done a lot of these different things with, you know, digging through Greer's data. I've done a ton of different videos. We can go through all the different little... Uh, takes I've had over the last few weeks that we found in the in the data. But this Greer one, um, I think, is just a good explanation for why he's at number three. And we have him ahead of Drew Locke. We've been debating this back and forth. As of now, we got him ahead of Drew Locke okay. as a late first rounder. Yeah. Um, who Do you want to discuss some of your... Do you just have like random draft takes you want to just spew? Well, yeah. Let's, let's, let's start with Andy Isabella. Do you want to go back and forth? Because I know it'll annoy you. You do one. Okay. You, so you give an insight... 
And then I'll give an insight. Let's well, just think, inform the people. So I think we need to have a discussion generally about Andy Isabella, right? Because let's do this. He's let's another player who. Please speak to your kids about Andy Isabella. Please right. sit them down and talk to them. He's another player who's got a lot of different things all working to make up this picture, and it's a fascinating, rare if not unique profile that you're building for this guy. Has the best grade for a receiver we've ever given. Right, so what is this? Five years of college data now. Best single grade of anybody up there with the Amari Coopers. Um, Rashad Higgins had a fantastic grade. Michael Gallup is another one at the top of that list. It's a list of guys that are in the NFL and doing pretty pretty well, predominantly. Yeah, and he's ahead of any of them. Um, so that in of itself is impressive. He's not what a lot of people think he is because you look at a guy who's you know short, white, wide receiver, and you think Wes Welker. Right. Or Julian Edelman. And he's already getting those. Right. So everybody wants to say, well, he's the next the next one. Next he's going to go to the Patriots. Um, but he isn't that type of player at all. He's a speedster. He's a guy that beat Denzel Ward in a high school track meet over 100 meters. He's fast. The 4-3 at the combine, um, once, they, once they straighten out the timing problem, Steve. Unofficial 4-6 or whatever it was. People still live off those unofficial times sometimes. Right. So anyway, officially in the four threes, he's a lightning fast vertical threat receiver, um, but he's small. So he, and he has not to deal with the kind of press coverage and physicality that you get on the outside at the NFL level in college. UMass specifically schemed him away from a lot of that stuff. They hit him with bunch formations, with motion. They got him away from all that kind of thing. Very rarely did he ever see any press kind of coverage. Um, and then the other thing is I think he's actively bad at the kind of stuff that would peg him as one of those inside slot receivers. The, if you look at how Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, they're all exceptional route runners. They're very shifty. They understand how to break away immediately in short areas and run routes. Isabella isn't great at that. There's a lot of sort of false steps. There's a lot of um, unnecessary extraneous stuff in his route running that makes him not great at that horizontal underneath stuff what he's great at is running vertical and just blowing past people so you're kind of left with this like what is he at the next level so we've seen the comparisons to a brandon cooks or a ty hilton do you think he can be at that level uh, from a from a production standpoint can he be at that level is he at that level from a style standpoint is that what he has to do at the next level or is somebody going to draft him and say well you have to play in the slot and you better develop in the slot. Therefore, like you might only be a third or fourth round prospect for us. That, I think, is his biggest concern. Is somebody takes him and just automatically pegs him as a slot receiver and says, right, this is what you are, because I think he's not good at that stuff. And I think what, that would be a problem. What about making him... Sometimes it's tough to picture what you want a guy to do at the next level. And we get too specific. Like, outside receiver, slot receiver. What if somebody makes him Tyree Kill, half gimmick player, half... You know, you're gonna you're gonna move him around in the slot to get vertical releases, though, right? Because that's what Tyreek does. He's yeah. not he's not a five yard you know option route guy. Sorry to mention Tyreek. I know Tyreek's in the news from a negative sense, but we're just comparing him as a football player. Um, and then when he lines up outside, he's a vertical threat. Could you do that with Isabella? So former running back, forced 18 missed tackles last year after the catch. Very good after the catch. So you get him in the jet sweep game. Get him in the you know the shovel pass game. Put him as the number three man inside in the slot with vertical releases to use that speed and create mismatches. And every now and again, you try to find that free release outside using motion and all that. 
I feel like that could be a good combination to use his skills. It could be, but I think that, well, it might not be a difference, but what we've seen from Tyreek Hill is that he can play outside, go up against press coverage, and he's so quick and explosive off the line that he can defeat it, right? Right. We, haven't, we don't know if Andy Isabella can do the same thing, and I think Fair. you probably need to in order to succeed in that role uh, at the NFL level. Um, we know Tyreek Hill can do it. We don't yet know that Andy Isabella can do it. And I think that is a big question mark. Um, and I don't think he's as clean and explosive as Tyreek Hill is as a route runner either. Do you, you want to know what my uh, – you know, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do you want to know what my player comp for Andy Isabella is? Yes, I want to know what your player comp is <laughs> for Andy Isabella. Which player are you going to compare him to? Well – Which player? <laughs> you remember that um, – sort of apocryphal story about how back in the space program NASA spent years and millions of dollars creating this pen that would write upside down and in a vacuum and in zero G and underwater and the Russians used a pencil this is how I feel about Andy Isabella's route running there's variants of tempo there's head bobs there's fakes to either side just run the out He's you're a, a sprinter He's a NASA pen. Just run the five yard out. You're faster than the guy that's trying to cover you. He's seven yards off the line of scrimmage. Just run it out. Don't, you don't need to vary the release. You don't need to give him a head fake inside. Just run up and then right. That's all you need to do. So Andy Isabella is a NASA pen. You'd rather him be a Russian pencil. Exactly. There you go. This is a, uh, this is a Seinfeld episode there too. Yeah. The upside down with the pen. Yeah, there you Take go. the pen. Take the pen. So that's my comp for Andy Isabella. He's a NASA pen. Where's Take the pen. He's a NASA pen. He should be a Russian pencil. I'm going to write. We got this written down. We should put that up on the website right now. We should get it on video somewhere. Well, it's already on video. We should get it on the website. All right. So you're going to write next week the Andy Isabella comp. Is that the headline? Yeah. Andy Isabella. That's going to go pretty. You know, that's. that's He's a Soviet pencil. People are going to have to click on that to find out what. He's ours. actually a Soviet pencil. Andy Isabella is a NASA pen. He should be a Soviet pencil. Nobody knows who the Soviets are anymore. <laughs> Millennials don't know about the USSR? Oh, probably not. But uh, special thanks to Rocky for saving us from the commies. Um, <laughs> is that, are we allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, we have to cut that, Well, they too. don't know. They don't exist anymore. I cut we, everything. Rocky got rid of them. Rocky saved us. Right. In, back so in 85. Like a, it's not like they're going to come out and sue us. Once Rocky happened, they're not it just there. took four years for the USSR to be disbanded. Right. It was, what, it was Christmas 85? Sure. Christmas 85, Rocky rolls out to Moscow. Yeah. Beats up Drago. Uh-huh. Right? Turns the crowd. Yeah. And then by like 89 to 91... It's like, boom, disbanded. Right, I mean, it's a big country. It's going to take a while to disseminate out to the, you know. Well, I'm just saying, that's impressive. It's a quick turnaround. Right, it's Siberia. Like, it's like turning around, a, you know, an aircraft carrier. Or DK Metcalf. Or DK Metcalf. They're pretty much the same thing. Right. Wow. Shout out to Rocky <laughs> and Rocky is it, 4. Is it time for the mean comments? No, I've got a couple. No. I've I found some interesting things in the data this week. Right. We can get to them after the mean comments. Why can't you just pace yourself here? I'm not a patient man, Steve. I don't know if you've noticed that. Well, Listen, during this time, let's just together. go. We'll go through the NFL draft guide insights. Okay. And how we've you know dug through the data and, and add some context to them. And then we'll do our mean stuff and then we'll get out. You want to wrap it up with the mean stuff? Yes. That feels like a sad note to end the podcast on. Yeah, but we could just find something positive to talk about before we leave. <laughs> like the draft guide. <laughs> Draft guide makes me happy. All right. All right. So all sorts of different things. Let's admit that we were wrong somewhere. Here's where we were wrong. Keanu Neal. Wrong. 
missed it. People ask us all the time. You guys, you guys are cocky. You brag all the time. Missed on Keanu Neal back in 2016. Did we though? But I, I want to explain why. Well, it's because we didn't we didn't do the proper dig into the database. So now my cop out is that the answer was there the entire time, mm-hmm. and it just took me till now to truly figure it out. Um, at the time, Keanu Neal with a subpar PFF grade goes in the first round to the Atlanta Falcons. We think we threw a D on it back when we were grading mm-hmm. um, the the draft picks, and they used him as a pure strong safety. And the issue is that he had 750 snaps at free safety and graded at 53 at the University of Florida. But when yeah. he played strong safety, he was a 78 and an 80 grade in coverage. So the data was in there. Then when he lined up at strong safety, he's a pretty good player. He is. Here's my question, though. One, if he plays in a system other than Atlanta, does he still grade well? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. So that's part of it. So, yeah. To what extent is he a product of that system? So, the, this, it's, so that's why it's more nuanced than you were right, you were wrong, and you probably shouldn't even right. slap player grades on it, which we don't anymore. And the other thing about that is... Draft grades, I should say. There has been a trend in recent years. So safety is because... Safeties are not one position. Safeties are at least two positions. And this trend of shifting these guys... Everyone's looking for Earl Thomas at free safety. Most people don't find Earl Thomas when they draft a safety, and then they move that guy to strong safety when he fails at free safety, and suddenly he's rejuvenated and he becomes a Pro Bowl caliber safety. My question then becomes, to what extent is that strong safety role within those systems idiot-proof to the point where almost anybody can look good doing it? You know, Jonathan Cyprian looked like a star when he, did. he got moved into the box as a strong safety. There is, there is something, too, um, and again, the data has been telling us this. When you have a guy that's unblocked versus needing to take on blocks, the results are just astronomically different. Right. And it, it sounds simple, right? But guys who are unblocked, which usually either comes from really good instincts, but more likely just from scheme, extra being the man. extra man in the box, right. you're almost certainly going to make more plays than you, than you don't. So if you can just tackle as the eighth man in the box, you're going to be somewhat productive. That was Jonathan Cyprian. That was a lot of different strong safeties. So is that Keanu Neal? Is that the eighth man in the box? I bring all this up because there's another safety prospect with a subpar PFF grade who's getting first-round hype, and that's Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State. And when you watch his tape, flies to the ball, looks like a really good box player. And when you, when you, split, when you check out his splits, it's like eerily similar to Neil. I mean, it's almost identical. Struggles at free safety, poor coverage grade, poor run D grade, all that. But you put him at strong safety, he's a high 70s. Pretty good player. Still wouldn't necessarily take him in the first round. But if he goes in the first round... And early second, say to the Niners, and they make him just their strong safety in that system, he'll probably perform pretty well. Yeah, and I'm not trying to make out by the way that we've never missed. There's plenty of misses in the thing. I just think this one is a more complicated conversation. Oh, than that's fine. Here's one we got wrong. Right. If we're looking for one we got wrong, you can probably stay within the same team and look at um, Deion Jones. Deion Jones. I yeah. don't know that we could have anticipated Deion Jones's um, development in the same way. There were bits of the database where you could say, okay, on closer inspection, Keanu Neal could be a really productive player in this role. I don't know we ever would have found the Deion Jones thing, almost regardless of how much PFF data we poured through. I think that was one that completely surprises. I know where I missed on Deion Jones. Well, you didn't factor in the senior bowl cover three crosser. You should, yes. I mean, that's, he made right. a pass breakup on a crossing route against cover three. That's unheard of. Yeah. It's incredible. 
We don't one play scout here at PFF, but that's the one play <laughs> that we should have overweighed and said, that's it. He can do it. Ignore three years of grading. Right. That's the one play that's where it. you just throw out everything else and say, this is, what we, this is the only thing I need to look at. It is the kryptonite of NFL linebackers and NFL cover three schemes. And the fact that he made that play was incredible. How many players can you think of that have made that play? Because I can seen, think of three and they're arguably the Bobby two, Wagner. Four then. Uh, Reuben Foster made the play a couple Ruben times. Reuben Foster made the play. Luke Keekley has made the play. Keekley's made that. He's also made plays like he's made a play for a cover two corner when he was playing cover two Mike, you yeah. know, middle linebacker. Right. I have literally never seen that before. He's made some ridiculous plays. Right. So but, he's a special So case. that list is starting to look pretty ridiculous. Keekley, Wagner, Reuben Foster when he's on the field. Deion Jones. Deion Jones. I can't think of other ones. I know there have been, but those are the only four I can think of off no. the top of my head. Usually what's happened is you have the linebacker, they take a little step forward, and then they're like, oh, there's a crossing route, and it's behind me, and right. there's a 20-yard Or it's completion. you recognize it, turn, and sprint, and you're like five yards away from making the play. Right. And uh, the kryptonite to the cover three scheme. So that's where we missed on Deion Jones. So it's just an interesting discussion. Jonathan Abram uh, compares very favor- favorably to Keanu Neal from a data standpoint. Can I just do one more? That we found Juan Thornhill. It's like my my guy section. Juan Thornhill, the safety, uh, maybe slash cornerback from Virginia. Uh, I wrote him up this week as well. He's got some coverage versatility, but I think the breakdown for him is a real interesting one because he started out as a corner, had a really rough 2016, got better in 2017, and, and then in 2018 got moved to safety. And when he moved to safety, he's got the number five overall safety grade. In the draft class, just when he's lined up at safety. Number four when he's lined up at free safety. And his cornerback grade, though, is 72nd. Hmm. So you can kind of see where he fits really well at safety. And then when he worked out, his workout numbers were almost identical to Byron Jones from, from the Dallas Cowboys. The broad jump was exceptional. The vertical was exceptional. Byron Jones ran a 4.36. Thornhill ran a 4.42. So there's a whole video breaking it down. But I just think Thornhill, we got him in the second round mix. One of the better free safeties in the draft. I also wouldn't blame the NFL if they said, you know what? You have cornerback size and skills, and you were getting better. We'll start you at corner. Worst case scenario, we got a pretty good free safety. Just from a positional value standpoint, if you're always trying to find corners, why not try him there? And then if he lands a free safety, you still have a very good player. Okay. That's what I would do with him. Can I give you a quick wide receiver take? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is what it's all about. Just spewing draft knowledge today so you know the breakdown you gave us earlier about uh will greer and how he's been exceptional and disproportionately exceptional at the over the shoulder drop it into a bucket deep down the field kind of throw yes david sills will greer's receiver at west virginia one of his receivers at west virginia is essentially wide receiver will greer in that the only thing he's good at is catching the deep over the shoulder down the field reception really good at adjusting to that ball which is probably part of the reason will greer's production has been so exceptional on that throw really good at tracking that making the adjustment in stride legging it down the field terrible at everything else really horrendous everything at at releasing off the line of scrimmage i sent you a couple of videos from the senior bowl they were rough and these were they they weren't even the one-on-one drills that where the ball is involved they were literally drilling releases within a channel like a five yard width channel just a wide receiver and a defensive back right in front of the other and you essentially have to release off the line past the cornerback staying within this narrow channel right the first one i sent you was the first time he did it david sills essentially fell over trying to get past him just like flattened his face 
ugly. The second one, he did like a whole bunch of like fakes, moves, jinks, and the corner's still right in front of him, just shoves him out of the drill. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. And that wasn't the extent of, like, it wasn't just two bad ones. There were some more ugly things in there. The drills, same, I mean, the actual one-on-one, same deal. He wasn't, he's just not good at anything other than that deep over the shoulder thing. I could see that. Have you seen some of the drops that he's had, too? Yeah. I mean, it's like an in-cut where it's like his hands are all over, like, they're they're kind of like clunky right. drops. So he there's is, some clunkiness, I think, to his game. He is a dramatically worse wide receiver than his teammate at West Virginia, um, who's also way faster. Jennings. Yeah. yeah. And, Gary and Jennings. S- and Sills had um, a ton of touchdowns. Was a pretty good red zone weapon. And so, mm-hmm. so people think he's great because of the touchdowns. And yeah. he did some good things. He's not a complete disaster, but there's a lot of question marks there. And I think also, again, back to the sort of the disproportionate thing, when West Virginia got to the red zone, it seemed a lot of the time that Will Greer was locking in on Sills to the point of detriment to everything else. It was, this ball is going to David Sills unless there is a dramatic reason not to do it. And you would see him force the ball in there in the red zone a lot of the time, which is part of the reason he got a lot of those touchdowns, but it wasn't necessarily reflective of what should happen. All right, before we get to uh, wrapping it up, quick word from our friends over at Eckridge, the official smoked sausage of the college football playoff. Eckridge is the go-to solution for your favorite game day dish. Available in a variety of flavors and forms, Eckridge Smoked Sausage is versatile enough to be paired with whatever you have on hand so you can create a meal that will satisfy everyone's appetites before focusing on the game. Pick up Eckridge Smoked Sausage from your local grocer's refrigerated section today. Eckridge will also be offering fans a chance to win $1 million at some of the top college football matchups during the 2019 season. Visit EckridgeFootball.com for more information. Those are our friends at Eckridge. They do have that million-dollar challenge. We were with them all last season, hoping to do it again this year and uh you know if you guys can throw that football through the hole you can win a million bucks that's right. a pretty good deal and i thought that was impossible just looking at it but herb street's done it like two years in a row he could be a millionaire right arguably should be he's should done it be. twice should be he should be a millionaire for Eckridge. right they're probably not paying him enough they should just give him a million bucks if he could do it twice two million no, i don't want to take money out of no? their pocket okay that's less for us all right let's get to the mean tweets I want to start off the first one because it's, it's not so much... A me- well, it is a mean tweet, kind of. By the way, well, before comment. we get into it, mm-hmm. there's pretty much been two times on the podcast where you've shown excitement and like smiled. <laughs> one is when I choked last episode. Right. And uh, shout out to all the guys that were mansplaining to me on Twitter how to use my French press. Well, apparently you need the instruction. I'm just, I said shout out. Thank you. Right. I mean, I use the course grinds. Uh-huh. I'm, I don't have the best grinder in the world, but I use the coarse grinds. I try. I just, I just love how so many people is stepped it, in. Is it a burr grinder? No. Apparently burr is important. Well, the burr that we have in there is a disaster. Is That's it? my only experience. It makes a mess it makes everywhere. It makes a mess, but I, well, I mean, it grinds them. It's a disaster. What do you want? It's a disaster. And now this is the second time I think you've cracked a smile this year on the podcast as you read mean tweets to me or mean comments. Right. Okay. All right, I mean, I'm comfortable with that. Fine. So this one isn't that mean but i think it sums up our relationship quite well oh uh it's from adnan hamdan apparently uh these guys aren't friends this was back when i was wearing blue not mustard the uh dude in the blue hoodie wants to slap mr curly hair i mean he's probably not wrong true huh (laughs) all right well that's a perfect segue into this one from matthew (laughs) sam is a prick (laughs) Yeah, again, I'm kind of comfortable with it. 
That's it. That's the that's the extent of that one. Oh, that's it. I, it's almost like I I could have had ten or twenty more, but I just condensed it into this one. It sums it up pretty okay, well. Okay, fair yeah. enough. This one I like because it's uh, it's from a uh, fellow Irishman. Just oh. explaining. This is it's almost like a it's a yin to the uh, the previous one's yang, if you okay. will. Uh, Steve, you Americans don't understand how us Irish people work. If an Irishman treats you like that, they like you. We're so emotionally repressed that the only way we can show emotion to other males is like that. Oh. There you go. See? So that explains a lot. Right. But it's not me that needs the explanation. It's the 75% of our listeners who are American. Well, sure. We're about, it's everybody. We're about 20 to 25% foreign, I think, last time I checked. Okay. Yeah. So 75% of our listeners need to know that it's not that you don't like me. You love me. Well, I mean, you right. like me. You know, yeah, we're, we're friends. Right. We're 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 friends. Don't go that far. You know, you like me. Right. So I'm just wow. saying, there's, there's multiple ways of interpreting this. Interesting. Yeah. It's not my interpretation. It's everyone else's. Right. Well, it is your interpretation. I mean, okay. Well, what do you got? Sam's a prick. Um, so then Jonathan Kane here maybe needs to know this. Maybe you're not so angry. Why is Sam always so angry? I kind of like his takes and his passion behind them, but he argues like a middle school bully. <laughs> Middle school bully. Don't they tend to argue with just hitting things? Yeah, they're usually more. Physical. There's not much arguing going on with a middle school bully. No, it's not, just not a lot of war stuffing wards, people in lockers wards. and that kind of. Yeah, thing. it's the guy that like grew I don't faster th- than everybody right. else. I don't think we have a locker here that I could fit you in. No, like, even you, if I wanted to go that route, you wouldn't win that battle. I mean, the, I mean, the closest thing would be. I guess you could stick in one of those rooms over there that used to be a film development thing with the big iron door, which is. You know you're not going to throw me into a locker, right? I mean, like I say, no there matter a locker. whether you find one or not. <laughs> like the limitation here is not the fact that there's not a locker. No, it's the fact that you're not fitting in one. There's no locker built with dimensions that would house you. I'm six eight and a half, two eighty, as we covered on the last show. Yeah, that's going to be the, that's going to be the problem. Right, that's what I'm saying. There yeah. isn't a locker of those dimensions. But it's not because of the fit. It's oh, it is. Like you would not be able to bully me, armed with uh, armed with every person in this office we oh that's not different stuff you into a locker you would do the volume is not commensurate oh, okay. to getting 280 pounds into it at least you acknowledge that you would need help uh-huh all right um so that's all i have okay i got so one more it. what do you mean i got one more no it's two no it's two to two the first one wasn't a mean it was just uh, d- an explanation of our di- in fact not really two of these haven't been mean you don't so need an extra one, this though. is the mean one okay uh this one is from tyne skipper apparently i don't like this guy has steve invented a tyne machine uh, I ask because it looks like he's gone back in time and stolen John Travolta's hair from staying alive. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not a good thing when you're being accused of stealing a guy's hair who wears a hairpiece. If I, w- if I had invented a time machine, yeah? I'd be more productive than stealing John Travolta's hair. Peace. Peace. I would, I would go back and watch football when the run game mattered. Yeah. You know, I would do things like that. Instead of stealing a hairpiece, I'd make some bets. Yeah, well, yeah, with the uh, the sports almanac. Yeah, like the Cubs in 2016. Right, feeling good about that. That would have been a good one. Yeah, would have been great. Uh, so that's what I would do. So no, I have not invented a time machine. This is all natural. Okay, no time skipper. He is not. And Katie invent. cut it. It's growing back perfectly fine. It, Steph still doesn't know that I cheated on her with Katie for the haircut. Does she listen to the podcast? There's no way Steph listens to the podcast. But I don't know. We're, we are breaking records. Also, you think that that went well, the KD? I mean, I, did, I just said it's growing back. You said it's growing back well. Yeah. It's 
throwing back better than I mean, it was. At the moment, it kind of requires the headset to be on. No, stop it. It's not that bad. You don't even laugh at me anymore when I come in. It's like <laughs> you're used to it. Right. I, I'm not sure that's... The hair's in good shape. Wait till draft night. We'll be back to midseason form for the draft weekend. Yeah. Are we done here? Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, tell all of our friends, you know, you run, this, you run our consumer department. How... how uh, do we have any promo codes left? Are we yes. done? Yes. Last day, Friday. If you're listening to this on Friday, which is today for us, it is the last day to get in with promo code uh, NFL2019. There you go. NFL2019. Teammates. That'll get you 25% off anything we sell. Anything, Steve. Um, is it on everything? Really? Anything we sell right now because we're not so even the So even the monthly ones? Yes. I believe so. All right. Either way. So, check it out. 25%. It's the last day to do it before it goes back up to full price. You're going to have to wait until the next time we dump a promo code on you guys or pay full price. Even if you don't get in time for the promo code, it's still pretty awesome to get because yes. the draft guide update's coming in two weeks. Premium Stats 2.0 is certainly worth the price of Elite, and also, we're just going to continue to upgrade it. We are now working on merchandise again. Yes. T-shirts. Not, I want to hear not, your... Not big-time throw T-shirts. Your merchandise requests. Everybody... So here's what you're going to tweet, at PFF underscore Sam... If you're interested in buying a big-time throw shirt, I don't know what it's going to look like. It might be hashtag big-time throws. could just be whatever. We'll have a creative big-time throw shirt. If you are going to buy one, be sure to tweet at PFF underscore Sam and tell them, I want a big-time throw shirt because I think that's going to be our hottest seller. But we've got some cool things already worked on in terms of designs. Mike Quinn is out there in the next room doing up some pretty good designs, including that one that's your face that's just draft good players. I, I like that idea. I so think that, that one good. works. That, no. That'll but be the good. draft good players thing with your ugly big time throws from back when you were baseball and with the big mustache. Yeah, draft that, good players. That's what we're gonna have on there. Wait, did you get permission to use my likeness? I don't. I mean, you were you. Own, we own you at PFF. That is not true. My contract is up. Well, we own you until you days. work somewhere else. For the next six days, we own your image. The contract. I can do whatever I like. By the way, it. not going well. Right, six and, days. Um, I mean, we're we're gonna we've got a documentary going too. We're we're tracking yeah. the uh, negotiations. They say the deadlines prompt action or whatever the hell it is, whatever the phrase is. Well, I'm talking to my agents. So you're and six there days to go. No, we're getting to the crunch time. There's little action on Neil's part, right? So it is crunch time. So this I might not even be on the podcast in about eight days. So just just be ready. Huh. But anyway, we're working on merch. Yeah, working on merch. For a lot of good the next stuff. Next six days, we'll feature Steve's. Face. A lot of good stuff coming over here at PFF, which might be my former company. At the end yeah. of the month, thanks for every to everybody for tuning in. I'll probably be here on Monday for another pod, Monday Tuesday. Yeah, with you, we'll do a little bit more NFL recap, more draft discussion. It's full on draft season. Appreciate everybody for listening. We'll chat again then. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did go check out kyler murray and his nfl debut that's my favorite thing about nfl game pass you can go back and watch at any time and if you haven't watched a condensed game yet you have to try it out it's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire nfl game in the fraction of the time it normally takes 
It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.